because it is really valuable to have that and to give some space for that inward journey. In fact, that's what most of my coaching clients do when they're looking for their next thing is it starts with them first and then moves out from there. Hey there, my friend. How's it going? I am Joseph Surfati, and you're listening to the Mindfully Resilient Podcast. If this is your first time tuning into the show, thank you very much for hitting that play button. And if this is not your first time and you are a regular listener, thank you for hitting the play button. I hope this episode is finding you well and in good health and safe. And I hope you're finding amazing opportunities, amazing growth opportunities in this season of life. You know, we're going through that COVID-19 pandemic and after five months, I think it's five months at this point of recording, I mean, we're, we're mid-July 2020, so roughly what, four and a half months. And I've seen a lot of people take charge of their situation, pivot or, you know, get out of the why me mindset and just take ownership and get after it and seek opportunities in the challenges, seek, you know, find the calmer waters within the storm. You know, I wouldn't have had this mindset of growth, of resilience, if it weren't for several people in my life. You know, one of them, you've already met, Sergeant Ken, I mean, also another one, Todd Durkin. A lot of people who are in my circle of influence have had an influence on the way I respond to challenges, to life's obstacles. And another person in that circle joins me on today's episode. Her name is Stephanie Weikert. Yes, Stephanie Weikert. You may have heard her name before several times, especially on the episode when I talk about finding the third option, where I explain my story in chapter four of her book, Everything I Would Have Said. It's such an honor to have her with me today. Stephanie is a certified personal coach, published author and speaker, and business consultant. She has performed life coaching workshops for the Tennessee Army National Guard Warrior Fit Camp Program, the Kentucky Army National Guard Operation Immersion Course, the Tennessee Army National Guard's Children Attitude Motivation Program, CAMP, CanFit Pro, Empower Fitness Conferences, and in Taiwan and China. She has a bachelor's degree from San Francisco State University and an MBA from King University. She has written for magazines and other publications, including MilitaryOne.com, Military.com, Foundations, HUA, Military Spouse, and GX, the National Guard Experience, and has recently released her first life coaching book entitled, Everything I Would Have Said. You know, this is her formal bio. But to me, Stephanie is a coach, a mentor, and a friend who has played a significant role, and I mean significant, in helping me navigate the twists and turns in my journey as a coach, a husband, and a father. Her wholehearted guidance and compassion has allowed me to experience new levels of resilience and confidence, especially at a time when I needed it the most. Stephanie helped me release my grasp on the fear of judgment and to be more wholehearted, not only with others, but with myself as well. You know those moments when your decisions are based on what other 
what what other people may think of you. Yeah, you know, we tend to miss out on a lot of great opportunities out of fear of judgment, out of what other people may think of us. Our sessions were key in helping me realize that every either or situation, you know, either it's A or B, actually always has a C, that third option. So my conversation with Stephanie was amazing, so amazing that I had to make it a two-parter. So yes, it is a two-part series. In the first part, Stephanie shares her story as a coach, her journey into coaching, and plus we share some little anecdotes. And in part two, we talk about everything I would have said. Actually, she flips the tables on me and interviews me as a coach and asks me questions regarding my experiences with everything I would have said. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope you enjoy part one of my conversation with Stephanie Weikert. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mindfully Resilient Podcast. And I'm here with a very special guest. Today, joining me on the show is the one and only Stephanie Weikert. Hey, Stephanie, how are you today? I'm good, good, good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Why? Because you're with me today on the show. And I think some of the listeners already know, like I've shared stories of how you helped me on my journey, but how it came to be was really interesting. And um, I, I don't think I heard your name through Ken uh, back in 2013 uh, when I first met him in person. And you were t- at your, I think you were at your first conference. Was Am I right? The CanFit Pro Conference? Was it back in 2013? That sounds about right. Yeah, wow, seven years ago. I haven't had, and I didn't have an opportunity to uh, catch your session, but uh, I made sure to, to follow you and connect uh, th- with you through Ken. And then I had, I never really worked with a life coach before. And my old boss back at my old job, not the one that we know of that's written in your book, everything I would have said, but the one before that, where he was suggesting, my boss was suggesting to meet up with his wife, who was working to be a life coach as well, but I didn't grasp the concept. And then with further research, uh, I started understanding it better, better. And throughout my journey as a coach, mm-hmm. you know, it happened. It's like, oh, this is what life coaching is. And this is how they can, how it can help. So when the opportunity came to be, uh, what is it, 2016? Did you start writing the book? I, I think I did start writing it in 2016. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's when we first, and, and Ken asked me if I would be interested in working with you and as part of the book. And I just, it was an easy answer. It was just, yes, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't think about it. It was easy. And, and I'm, I'm glad I did because even though I didn't feel it right away at the time, all the lessons started building up slowly. It kind of like marinated in my mind mm. over time. And all the lessons you taught me throughout the book and a couple and a few of them that you mentioned in here, plus others have stuck with me. And there's one actually that I brought up at Project, uh, was it a Project Hope? Yeah, Project Hope. Uh-huh. Uh, where the story you asked me, and I shared this as part of my lesson, as one of my lessons is when someone attacks you and you feel that you, you, you have an attack on your values, you have to check in with your values, see have they changed. And you asked me that. When someone made me feel like, uh, feel horrible for four days. I was in a depression. 
Mm. Because he made me feel like I did something wrong. You said, you asked me in one of our calls, do you feel your values are intact? Do you, um, have they changed? I said, no. And you pretty much said, I don't remember what word for word, but you said, okay, you can move on now. You can go ahead. There's nothing to worry about. And I, am I off base a little bit here with that one? No, that sounds amazing. I don't remember that exact um, word for word conversation, but I'm, I'm interested in like, what did that bring up for you? So if it was about your values and kind of taking a new look at it, um, a, a, a different look at your values, um, what did that do for you? You know, I didn't think of, it, think of it much at the time, but I kind of, at that moment, I felt like it was, I had more power, more, a little more control mm-hmm. and over my emotions. And over time, as I sought more coaching and read more books, listened to more podcasts and connected with more people, you know, uh, creating my choir, so to speak, I was able to understand that better. Mm. And, and then realize, oh, yeah, I have I have my values include, you know, never mind the you know, being creative, and, but also I value honesty and friendship and relationships. And, you know, to do that for somebody, okay, made a smile. I'm, you know what, I did something I offered a gift to somebody where I in, in a situation, my boss didn't see it as appropriate, which was, it was innocent, everybody saw it as innocent, but nobody could figure out why. Now I'm but I'm still, it didn't affect me. I still give. I still want to foster relationships. I still want to make fee- people feel welcome. Yes, yes. Def- oh, yeah, and you do, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's the story. And then from there, it just, it just snowballed. It just started growing, growing to great things. Like, and, um, and now, uh, you know, in the book, I'm in a couple of chapters. And uh, yeah, I, I, let, I let the secret out. I let the secret out because I want people who talk to me to also be inspired. They know who it is. And they say, oh, yeah, we read your story. And I want them to know that I'm open to share whatever happened. And that's what I did in uh, the Project Hope series. Now, with this, now, now the first question I usually ask everybody, who is Stephanie Weikert beyond the business card? So that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, thank you so much for having me on, on your podcast. It's an honor. And it's um, been a pleasure to work with you, you know, both as a, a life coach and just getting to know you personally. So, um, so before I answer your question, I just <laughs> wanted to say thank you so much. And we appreciate you and value you so much. Well, thank you as well. Like the feeling is mutual. I, I'm, great, I'm grateful for you guys, your friendship and your leadership in my life. Thank you. All right. To answer the question. So, <laughs> I feel like I'm continually, you know, working through that question. Um, I am a spouse, uh, a mom of two amazing kids. One is 10. The other is two and a half, two and a half years of loveliness. She's in the Mm -hmm. middle of the wonderful twos. Um, And the the joke I, I tried to make is that I'm on a continual quest to make a better smoothie and healthy banana bread. I guess it's not really a joke, but never mind that. Well, better smoothie. I mean, it sounds like a perfect breakfast. <laughs> but well, sorry, better smoothie. What, what do you usually put in a smoothie? So my smoothie is um, bananas, strawberries, um, a milk alternative, uh, a little bit of vanilla, vital protein, collagen mix, and L-glutamine. Did I fit? Oh, and stevia to make it sweet. 
One sec. And you want to make it better? That sounds good as it is right there. It tastes so great. Luckily, we have a, you know, a good hearty blender that can handle the load because it's after you're making a smoothie for more than one person, that thing, you can tax even a Vitamix. It's crazy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We got a Vitamix and it's easy. And, you know, even Abby, you know, she starts making her own smoothies. She started making her own smoothies. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, and the strawberries are frozen, by the way. So no ice or anything like that. Yeah, no, that's, and it's great too, because you put a lot more nutrients, well, whatever it is frozen in rather than just putting water. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I recommend uh, a little bit of, um, I usually put honey in my smoothies uh -huh. as well. And some mm -hmm. blueberries, blueberries and banana. That sounds great. I love yeah. blueberries. Okay, well, I'm going to go now and make myself a smoothie. <laughs> Later, nice talking yeah. to you. Yeah, a great episode. No, but that sounds <laughs> that sounds great. But so beyond that, let's go deeper with that. Mm -hmm. And and this is interesting as well. Your why, your purpose, because we have labels. You know, we call ourselves a coach, a, a mother, uh, a sister, brother, uh, cousin, whatever it is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what are who are we truly deep down? Yeah, you know, I think that's a good question. Who are you is um, is a question that I help a lot of people with because they're looking to find their next thing. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to find what you want to do next, you you sometimes you'll take a deep dive perspective into um, who really, who are you? What are your strengths? Like, what are your failures? What is everything that makes you, you? And mm -hmm. so, you know, for me and my my why or my purpose, I, you know, I really think I've been on a quest to answer that question for a really long time. And I know it's always been to help others. We've done different, um, you know, charitable acts and different things. And, um, but the big question, that satisfying place of, cause it's not just why, but do I feel satisfied in what I'm doing? like on a personal level. And I can honestly tell you that I, I finally, I finally do. I love what I do. And so um, for me, it's always been to help other people. And now I realize that the very thing that I struggled the most with is the thing that I can help other people with. And I absolutely delight in doing it. I just talked to somebody earlier. I get to work with people of all ages and spectrums of what they're doing. It's, a, it's absolutely stunning when people get to connect into their why, their purpose, because I do believe, Joseph, that that changes. So it's not like you can hook into it and that's going to work for you forever. It's going to change at different seasons of your life. And I think that's the interesting thing. It's not something where you, um, you, you find it and then it's one and done. It's something that you have to continually um, um, move towards. And so I do feel like I'm on finally on a good path now of helping other people find their why. And, um, and I help, you know, like I said, my, my clients with this, uh, with this very question, this multifaceted question to help them find their theirs too. Oh, that's awesome. I agree with you. I mean, you, you, once you write down your why, it's not, it's like a mission statement as well. I mean, uh, it's, it doesn't, it's, how would I say it grows with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, my personal purpose, you know, when I was 18, it wasn't, it's not, was not the same. It's not the same as it is now. I mean, I didn't have kids. I didn't work as a personal trainer or a fitness yeah. coach. 
So obviously that adapts and you kind of figure it out and builds on from there. No, I totally agree with that. And it was it like an aha moment. Like, what? it's like, woof, I figured it out. You know, no, completely not. <laughs> I feel like I, um, I bumbled into it. I backed into it. And the funny thing about finding purpose is I think people find the purpose out of looking backwards in their life. A lot of times they don't realize that everything that they've done up to a point has um, um, a little nugget that they can carry with them to what they're doing in the next phase or the next thing. Um, but they don't realize if, if they could look at their life uh, kind of like a mountaintop, if you could like imagine a mountaintop perspective and see it all before you, you would realize that it all works really together. And so for me personally, um, I think I found my why through a series of frustrating life events that really led from one thing to the next. And I, I, I kind of backed into it. Oh, so it just happened. It just well, happened. Well, you know, it does, you know, sometimes the greatest things happen, like, just like that. You don't realize it. And it's like, oh, wow. Okay. That's a, that's a happy surprise. Yeah. <laughs> have and, you ever just done something and you like, I don't know for you, maybe you have, and maybe this would be a good time to tell all the whole world that you have done this, but wouldn't, wouldn't you say like the vast majority of the awesome things, like you grow into those things. It didn't just like start out like that no no that's it it's it well it's the was baby steps baby steps it was a small steps wink wink uh for later on in the conversation (laughs) it was small steps i found like each if i look back and everybody for those Mm -hmm. of you listening i mean where you are today is a sum of all experiences all events in your life good and not so good yeah and that's how I closed off my first speech, uh, my first keynote at Project Hope. Is, and it's true. You know, who I am today, If we're, I wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for a series of events. If I hadn't met my wife, Suzanne, mm-hmm. if I hadn't moved to Toronto from Montreal, um, if other events in my life hadn't happened, the layoff, other or even personal family events, like in two years, there was something that really personal that happened uh, where I wasn't on speaking terms with someone close in my family for two mm-hmm. years. But during that, th- those two years, I sought to grow within my, like just to grow myself, to, to become a better person. How can I be better than yesterday? How can I be yeah. a better father? How can I be a better husband, friend, coach? And it just... And then when we started talking again after those two years, they noticed the change and they were happy about that change. And so it's, it's true. You know, think about it, wherever you are today, Hey, if you know, wherever you were when, you know, how in a certain event, like if you weren't that, I mean, I don't know if I could share this, but when you met Ken, if you hadn't been there that day, would, would you be where you are today? Do you think that? Do you want to hear a story? I didn't plan on telling oh. you the story, but let, can I tell you a story? Yes. Go so for I was it. a swimmer swimming three miles a day and I would swim rain or shine unless it was thundering and lightning. Like I was there even when nobody, it was just me and the coach. I was out there. Um, fully committed. It was like everything for me. So I was working at uh, Travelocity downtown San Francisco and swimming. And that's what I did. And um, 
um, during the course of swimming, it aggravated an old water polo injury and my, it, the tendonitis and the injury in my, one of my shoulders, I can't even remember which one was so bad. I couldn't, I just couldn't, I could not pick my arm up to bring it over overhead. It hurt really intensely. Like it would be so bad that I couldn't even let my arms hang. I had to put them in my pocket. So I realized I, if I wanted to use my arms until I was late into my nineties, maybe one hundreds, I was going to have to stop doing this thing that I love doing. And mm -hmm. so I was so upset with it and I was so disappointed. I was like, my body is like breaking down on what's wrong with me. And I hate this. And thought, I thought I had my own personal pity party. And so what I did was I, um, I thought, what is the one thing that I can do? I literally thought this, I'm, it's embarrassing to tell you this, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. And everybody listening, um, I'm sure you've never had a pity party for yourself. So it's just me. Um, We've I all thought, had one. What is the one thing that I could do to have a fully good pity party? Be in it. And so I thought I'm going to go to the gym that I don't want to go to. And I'm going to take, don't, and I'm not, there's, by all means, I have learned that step class is one of the most hardest classes that I've ever been in. But I always thought, well, I used to make fun of it because it just seems, you know, like, like, I don't know, that's what people did if they wanted to just dance. So I was like, I'm going to go to step class at the gym. That's what I'm going to do. So I got off work that day, headed there and I walk in. And it, what I realized was after I set the whole thing up is that I am not coordinated like that. And that if I would have killed me to stay in the class and I probably would have just, I don't know, my legs would have just tied together or something and I would have never made it out. But what I realized was it's a really challenging class and I laughed at myself and I thought, you've been making fun of this and it's really hard, like the joke's on you. And I walked out and there was this man in the uh, gym and he was wearing fatigues. I was like, he is the most beautiful man I've ever seen in San Francisco. I need to go talk to this <laughs> guy. And, uh, and he was so serious, like he'd never smiled and he was, and I was like, I don't know, like there's something compelling about him. So, um, like it was like, he was, I was just being drawn in. So I go over there and I just asked the most ridiculous question ever. I said, so how do you use, or I think something like this, a law degree, or how can I get a law degree and use it in like the FBI? Don't, I don't know why this came up. It's not like I really was going to do that. I think somewhere in the recesses of my mind, this farm girl, because I'm from a farming community, wanted to do something really cool. And I thought maybe that was it. And he said, are you smart? And I said, nobody's ever had to ask me that question before. And so the conversation went from there and um, I wound up asking him if I could write him a marketing plan. It was my first one out of college and it was profoundly bad. I could totally write that and do it better within two hours. It took me 30 days back and forth. I would ride that train from Travelocity and I, cause it took me like 30, 45 minutes on the train to get from my house that I shared with a whole bunch of people to get to work. And um, I finally was ready to present it. And then that we went on our first date. Had I not had that experience, I would have never met my husband. And just like for you, you said you had some of those negative experiences. You would have never chosen them for yourself. But didn't they wind up beautiful on the other side? Yeah, that's. thank you for sharing that story. I, I love it. And it's just, 
I could just picture it right now in the, the step class. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. That, that should be your, that should be your next book. Mm-hmm. Oh, how to get, um, how to become humble. That would, that would be the title. How to go take a step class, go do something that you made fun of because it will humble you and you'll become a more humble person. Yes. The benefits of a pity party. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Um, but yeah, no, it's true. Um, it's just, you know, sometimes we face a storm. Uh, how can put it, um, uh, when, you know, we face a storm, but it's, it's how we respond to it. It's, uh, you know, uh, storms are inevitable. Suffering is optional. I think I've heard that one before. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I'm quoting somebody. Uh, I have no idea where I heard that one, hmm, but yes. <laughs> Uh, his name is Ken. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so yeah, no, that's, and that's great. And so for, you know, for those of you listening as well, I mean, if you feel like you're stuck, you know, actually embrace the stuck, embrace it and take control and see what you can do with that to grow. I mean, we've all had a layoff recently with COVID-19. A lot of people have been laid off, unfortunately, and have had to pivot, you know, they got that stuck feeling, but, they pushed through it. They held on with like a firm grip on the helm and they navigated through that storm. And uh, you see where you are today. A lot of coaches right now getting uncomfortable going live on Instagram uh, on Zoom, whatever it is, <laughs> and or even doing keynote addresses. I know some people who have gone done keynote addresses for the first time in front of 50, 60 people. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I know. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about other people, but it's still, you know, yeah, no, I agree. It's just, and you just create, you're creating a new journey. You're making, not a new journey, but it's, it's, it's becoming clear. You're moving forward and yeah. it's more apparent that you're moving forward. This is an, okay. And understanding who you are in a time like COVID-19, a pandemic, whatever storm it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no. And who do you want to be, right? Yeah, who do you want to be, and how do you want? How can you be better than yesterday? Like, where was it that we don't want? We want rather than having wishing for things to go back to normal, how can we make things better tomorrow? Uh huh. And how can we operate in the normal that we find ourselves in in the best possible way? And I think, um, do you mind if I take a little bit of a tangent here? Please, like I like I mentioned before, this is a conversation. So pretend we're having coffee. <laughs> okay, 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 cool. I should have brought tea. So um, I, I do feel like what happens in that place is people look to their feelings to guide um, what they do. And they're feeling, they feel stuck or they feel numb or they feel depressed or they feel anxious and they think, that is, um, that's as far as they can see is at the end of that, that thing. And Mm -hmm. so I would say to the person who might be feeling that and, and is asking, what do I do next? If I'm at the edge of my feelings, I would say this, um, find a place of peace and, and a quiet still find return to stillness every single day. Because once you do that, it'll, it'll rebuild your sense of self. Um, it'll give you a good place to launch from when you do want to go and find your next thing. Don't worry if you don't have it all figured out. And don't, definitely don't worry if you feel stuck in the feelings 
right now. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's about being mind. Like you pretty much described mindfulness, just taking the time to pause and 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 think about you know just work with your emotions, build that relationship. Uh, at times in the past while, uh, in the past few months, I'm going to be honest and open here. Uh-huh. Where I would go to bed, I'd be getting ready for bed, you know, brushing my teeth, but I would do it with a feeling inside my heart where am, am I do asking myself, am I doing enough? Am I good enough? And I know I, I and I know deep down, I know deep down that I have impacted people. I am impacting people. I you know based on certain comments, the feedback. But what happened, you know, but then I realize I take a moment to pause and understand where are these feelings coming from? Where are these thoughts coming from? And I realize, oh yeah, it's 11 o'clock, 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. Best to go to bed right now before things get worse. And I think a lot of times, and that's, and you know, it doesn't have to be because I'm tired, but yeah, and that for me, in that case, I am tired. I know myself mm-hmm. and I'll start going into a downward spiral. So the moment I say, okay, I stop it right there. Just go to bed. I tell myself, go to bed. And I say it out loud. People think I'm crazy. Well, Susie, <laughs> Susie thinks I'm crazy. She already knew that marrying me, but I, I tell myself out loud, okay, I'm just tired. Yeah. It's going to be good tomorrow. And, you know, it's hard. And we, you know, a lot of people see coaches look at us, you know, when we give them guidance, they're like, oh, it's easy for you. No, it's not. As a fitness coach as well. No, it's not doing easy doing an exercise. It's just, we, you know, we understand that we need to, it has to be done. It's a discipline that must be followed. It's work. It's a lot of hard work. And we know when we put effort into something, we create something amazing. Yes. Yes. And what I do hear you saying too, is giving yourself grace and recognizing when you're completely wore out. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that, you know, by taking that pause, and I think it's that moment of pause and reflecting where Mm -hmm. we're able to understand, okay. And that's the whole point of mindfulness. Mindfulness is not just meditation. It's just, okay. Just being in tune with your thoughts, understanding them, building that relationship and say, okay, here, okay. You came to visit thought. Okay. Hang around for a little bit while you can leave now, or, or it just, uh, the, the, the bar is over there. Go hang out there. It just, that's how you see it. That's, and that's how, you know, it's, that's how you have to see it. It's, they're like passing cars on a freeway. Exactly. And I feel like somebody listening needs to hear that. It is a passing car on your freeway. It is not, it did not come to stay. It came to pass. Uh, unless you unless you live in Los Angeles, then that car is not moving far. <laughs> But even still, if you give it a little time, it'll, it'll pass too. It'll pass too. Just give it time, a Be couple a of hours. Um, but so speaking of journey and coaching, uh-huh. okay, how did your journey into coaching begin? Because you weren't always a, a life coach. No, I, you know what? I started, uh, well, I guess this is about, I'm about to tell you another story. Are you comfortable with that? We love stories. I think everybody listening right now loves stories. And I'm sure when they're listening right now, they're smiling. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want another story. Okay. Cool. So um, what happened was my husband kept, my husband's name is Ken. He kept asking me to, to do speeches. And I thought, okay, yeah. So I, w- I would sit and work on these speeches for just hours, the research and the getting everything right and making it look right. I mean, it's just hours and hours, like 30, 40 hours building, maybe longer. Um, and, uh, and I, I really wanted to craft the presentation the right way. And so I would go and I would feel great about it 
because the information was good. But what I realized was I didn't hear, I didn't get that feedback. Um, I got some feedback. People would come up to me. They would ask questions. But what I was really looking for was the connection later, email or whatever it was of that thought, that, that idea that you presented helped to change my life. And I realized I wasn't getting that. And so I thought there's something that I don't know that I need to know that I'm missing. And so, um, and, and I kind of rested on this place of there's an information gap that I need to fill. So one day when I went to the gym, I was just there for a personal workout. I haven't, the only reason I became a personal trainer was to help my husband in his business when he went to war. So I became um, certified for him and for that, which wound up being for us, but it was for, it was my gift to him. And I go to, I go to the gym, there's this woman on the machine and she's doing forward flexion. She's got her hands and every time she would come forward, she would come back and boom, the machine would hit and it would be really, really loud. And she was um, elderly and it was really, um, it was hard for me to just sit and watch her and listen to it um, because I've worked with so many different people. So I walked up to her and I thought, I just, what if I just offered her a little feedback? Could I do that? So I said, hi, my name is Stephanie. I'm certified, but I don't work here. I'm just here for a workout. Can I give you some, um, you know, some tips? And she said, you know, sure. And so I showed her, we just lightened the load a little. We slowed it down, that kind of thing. It was really simple stuff you could do all day long. And her husband comes storming up to me. And I mean, like, you know, like stomping. And he comes up to me and he says, who are you? And what are the credentials behind your name to work with my wife? And I, you know, that's kind of off-putting. I mean, it's just off-putting no matter who you are, but I didn't feel defensive when he asked me that question. I felt curious more than anything. And I thought, well, he doesn't want to know that I have a bachelor's degree. That's cool. He wants to, oh, certified personal trainer. Yep. So I am Stephanie Weikert, certified personal trainer. And he said, oh, well, you have more credentials than I do. Um, so, and then he went on to tell me a long story and when I got in the car that day, what I realized was this, that question, what are the credentials behind my name to help other people make a difference, make a change in their life? And so that became the driving force and the driving question. So when I got home, I, I literally sat right back by the coffee table and had myself a coffee table moment, as my mom and I like to put it. When she was changing jobs, that's where she also had a coffee table moment of this revelation that she needed to do something different. So I had my coffee table moment and, um, and I, I asked my husband, I'd like to, I think I want to do like a life coaching certificate or certification. I, I don't even know anything about it. Joseph, I didn't even know what a life coach did at all and at all, all. like at all. Did we catch that? Good. So, um, I signed up. He said, well, why don't you look into Valerie Burton's program? I worked with her at University of Pennsylvania at their, the military's positive psychology course. And so fine, I did. I looked her up and I said, Ken, there's, um, there is a um, program coming up in a month. Can I, can I go to it? And he said, yes. So we literally, all three of us, we only had one, one child at that point. 
got in the car a month later, we went to Atlanta and we spent the weekend and all of us. <laughs> and I got um, my first certificate in life coaching. And then from there, I wound up doing their full 60 hour, like I finished the 60 hour course mentor training. And I thought, well, okay, now I'm, I'm at least certified. I think I need to become credentialed through the International Coaching Federation. So I took that step. And then I took a couple of more steps. I would have some, um, you know, just some good presentation topics. So it wasn't just me crafting these things, but it was other people's good ideas too. And I did Tony Robbins strategic intervention course. And when I was, I think the last like piece of that for me was when I got on a, um, I was in an airport or in an airport rather. Um, I saw the gifts of imperfection by Dr. Brene Brown. Picked mm. it up. And I thought that is the missing piece for me personally. And I feel like that's the missing piece for others to live a wholehearted, courageous, authentic life. And so um, I, I looked into their certification program. I did it, did the mentoring that was necessary. And then when we wound up closing our studio in San Francisco to focus on training other coaches, um, I thought I need to do one more thing. There's this thing I have in my head. I want to go back to school and um, do the MBA program that I've always wanted to do. So I did the executive program. And then after that, I thought, okay, now I'm done. Now I'm going to work on my book. And so um, did my coaching start back then, you know, like when I first started or did my coaching really begin like um, after that? I, I don't know. I just know that was really my, my journey into, into coaching. Well, your coaching, I think, you know, from your story, and by the way, that's, I, I'm going to say something, that story where you had to interject or kind of offer your services to that lady who needed help with that machine. Yeah. I understand you 110%. I know the feeling and I do it all the time. And I'm always scared. Like if somebody's going to come after me, yeah. I always introduce myself and, hey, can I help you out? Because I was watching you do a deadlift and my back was hurting. Oh, yeah, uh, just watching. Oh, it's so bad. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm a, perf- I'm a perfectionist, you know, to a certain point. Uh, but there's some, and, but I'll, I'll, I'll let things slide when it comes to my own training, like with, with, my, with my clients. Yeah. But yeah. there's some things where I will not let pass. For example, the deadlift, the hip hinge. <laughs> I see the cat back. <laughs> oh, gosh. Cat yeah, stretch. Scary. You look at people and you're like, oh, and you're, you're adding load. Oh my gosh, you're going to hurt yourself. So who are you following on Instagram? Okay. Um, <laughs> what did you well, see? Even if they're following somebody, are you actually like looking at good form? Like, are you even, have you translated what you're looking at to like your own personal awareness of your body? Like that's mm-hmm. another thing, right? That's another thing. But just to get to the point is that you've been coaching from what I see or from what I've understand is that you've been coaching no matter, even uh, before the certifications, before the ICF, uh, before Valerie Burton with the, uh, the, you know, with the university of Pennsylvania, uh, positive school of positive psychology, you, you were guiding people as a fitness trainer, as a personal trainer, uh-huh. you're guiding people. And that's a, that's the role of a coach is to guide people, give them the tools, teach them the tools so they can go on, on their own and do it safely mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Doing, well in their case a person working out with equipment yeah do it safely but as a coach as a life coach mindset coach success coach whatever your transformation coach you're giving tools to people for them to be empowered to make a difference in their lives their own lives 
Okay. So then I've been coaching since 2003. Okay. We'll go go with that. And I know we wait. I think I taught my first water aerobics class in 2002. So maybe you get to hear, that's my daughter in the background. That is the lovely thing when you do podcasts from home, the entire family gets to be involved, whether or not you wanted that to happen. Hey, it creates an an animated background. It's fine. (laughs) Great, great. So um, maybe even 2002, you know, of course I was 12 when I was doing that. 12. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Oh, okay. I thought it was, t- you started at eight, but it's okay. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll go with that. Sure, sure. Um, no, excellent. But that's it. And it's, it's a great journey and how it just, and, and once again, here it is, these little steps, these small steps forward to where you are today. And it's coming back to that. And when it comes to coaching, and I know a lot of coaches have different styles, different styles of coaching. There are some like we have the intervention coaches like Tony Robbins, strategic intervention where and uh, for those of you uh i highly recommend you watch i am not your guru on netflix right now with tony Mm -hmm. it's about tony robbins date with destiny event and it is let me tell you i didn't know tony robbins coached like that i was i was taken aback everything's not it's uncensored and but it's he has that style where it shocks you and that's where it gets your it gets your attention it does so that's it's one style. Then you have the other style where it's more compassionate, more care, uh, more loving. But then you also have the, that you have the compassionate, the caring style, but there's more of a firmness, like a, being a parent trying mm-hmm. to guide you, like, but, or like a teacher, right? You know, like a teacher, like some teachers are in caring, but when you're in class, you got to stay straight, you know, stay, uh, stay in line. Uh, you got to listen. They're serious. There's that kind of coaching too. I mean, I know there are different levels of coaching, but how have your experiences in life? Mm -hmm. And I know you have a few that, you know, like a lot of life-changing events and a lot of crazy things happen. How has, have those events impacted your style of coaching? Yeah. You know, so that's a, that's a good question. I, I feel like, um, my style of coaching has um, changed. So when I first became a personal coach, I, I, I wanted to be Ken, to be honest. And, and then if I couldn't be Ken, I wanted to be Tony Robbins. And it just really, honestly, it just didn't work for my personality. And, um, but I wished it would have back then. I just wanted to be them. And as a side note for people listening, be you. Do you people benefit the most when you're authentic to who you are and not trying to be somebody else? So, um, you know, for me, um, let's see the, some of the, did the event shape it? Um, you know, I think maybe in thinking about, this is not, I didn't send you any of these notes, but in thinking about some of the speeches, when I, I got some feedback from them, and I was back then really trying to pursue the strategic intervention and Tony Robbins style, and I loved all of the different things he was talking about, except it wasn't authentic. And I did get some feedback that was really hard to hear from somebody. And she said to me, I don't remember exactly what she said it was, but it was more along the lines of, if it's going to be Tony Robbins, then you need to do this, this, and this. And I thought, 
oh, no, that's not my goal. I, that's, that's not who I'm trying to be. I, I was trying to be him. And thank you for calling me out on that in my head. That's kind of the, the dialogue that ensued from that, that comment. Um, and I, I began to think, what is my style? If it's not this, then who am I? Remember, I talked about that inward journey first. Mm-hmm. So I took the inward journey of going through the Daring Way program, and it helped me find my authentic voice. Maybe it's a little quieter. Sometimes it is um, a little bit of a, a teacher. Um, I do try to keep that to a minimum. Um, but to, um, I'd like to kindly bring out other people's best. Does that, does that make sense? No, it does perfectly. It makes perfect sense. I, that made, like, I understand it. I mean, when we, you and I were, when we were working together, um, I remember you, you know, you still had that guidance. You still, you know, you, 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 you're kind and, but you still kind of, you caught me when there were some moments where I felt like I, I was thinking I was whole, being wholehearted, but you caught me in those moments where you're like, Joseph, you need open up a little bit more, you know, wow. you know, that's not it. Um, so you caught me on my quote unquote BS sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Joseph. I hope you forgive me. No, but you know, that's, that's the whole point because I think in life when we don't want to admit something that has happened or, you know, we're going through life, we're coasting or uh, traveling, but there's some things we just, we put blinders on. Yes. And we don't want to admit it because for example, like the thing, perfect examples, we're driving down the road. And someone, we honk at somebody. Mm-hmm. Was, was it because we honked? Because why, what was the true reason we honked at somebody? It was because we got scared. We got scared. But some, a lot of people, instead of saying, oh, I got scared, you deflect the rage on somebody else. And you don't want to admit to your ego that, no, I was honestly scared. It's not him. It's not his fault. I was scared. And that's why I'm reacting in this way. Um. So no, it's you like you're like that's it, and I agree with you in your terms of your style and and just the way you coach, and I and that's why I recommend when everybody's looking for a life coach, I'm I'm always pointing your direction because, but it worked for you know it worked for me working with you worked for me. I'm going to slowly go into a topic uh-huh. about a certain book. Uh oh, here we go. What an amazing conversation. Wasn't that awesome? Wouldn't you say so? And this is only part one. I bet you're excited for part two. You know, I was talking to Stephanie offline uh, prior to uh, starting our interview. And uh, I mentioned, I made an observation that we never, in all the years we've known each other, we've known each other for a few years now, you know, we've spoken on the phone and we've seen each other in conferences, but this is the first time we've had a, a face-to-face, a virtual face-to-face, one-on-one. And uh, it was really nice. It was really nice to, to have that opportunity. Of, of course, it would be more amazing to see each other in person and have a nice wholehearted conversation. But you know what? It was still awesome. I, I enjoyed it. And I enjoy every opportunity, every conversation with Stephanie, because you know what? How I say... Surround yourself with people who make your soul sing. And she's one of those people, and I'm honored to have 
you know, I'm honored to have her in my circle of influence uh, or circle of resilience. You know, in today's episode, I mentioned earlier on, I don't know if you picked up on it. There'll be events in life where we ask ourselves, why me? Why me? Why is this happening to me? Why does this always happen? Why is this happening now? You know, and also there'll be other, there are other good events, you know, events that where you won't ask that. And, and you would say, lucky me. Wow, I feel amazing. Thank you for letting this happen to me. You're going to have these events. You're going to have these experiences. You know, but these experiences, good or bad, will define the person you are today. You know, I wouldn't be who I am today without a series of events over the course of a period, over a course of time. So when we are faced with a challenge, reframe it in a way where it will help you see the opportunity in that challenge like okay it's a little setback but with every setback there's a comeback yes i'm quoting sergeant ken on that one with every setback there is a comeback and you know if i hadn't met my wife i wouldn't have moved to toronto i wouldn't have moved to if i didn't move to toronto i wouldn't have been in, in, uh, submerged into the fitness industry and i wouldn't have met people like ken or like stephanie or like todd Amongst others, many others. You know, so it's weird how life plays itself out. In retrospect, when you think about it. You know, do you ever take a, a moment to think how you got to where you are? It, in a way, trust the process. You know, even you don't have to be religious to think of this, think about it this way. But everything happens for a reason. Everything has a purpose. And if you go with that mindset... You'll have faith in this in the process. You have faith in a system in the universe or a divine system, whatever it is. They're in a higher power. And a higher power doesn't have to be, once again, religious. It could be something else. But this would help you be more resilient in the face of adversity. All right, my friend, I know you are excited. I know you are looking forward to part two of our conversation where Stephanie and I discuss in depth Everything I would have said, her first book, her first published book. And we discuss more specifically chapters four and nine, where I share my stories as Jacob. Yes, if you've read the book, I am Jacob in those chapters. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, or and I hope you're enjoying the show in general if you're a regular listener. Thank you once again. And if you're listening to the podcast on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a moment and leave a star rating and review. I would truly appreciate it. And if you know somebody who needs to listen to this episode, please take a screenshot of you listening to the show and share it on social media. You can tag me and Stephanie as well. I'll be sure to put her her contacts in the show notes. Now, I just want you to remember that enjoy, you know, enjoy the experience. Enjoy every step forward because each step is a step towards something great on your journey. And you don't even know it yet. So smile and live every day with joy, curiosity, and passion. 